Dungeoneers. Welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, the D&D 5e actual play podcast that just finished up its first chapter. Now, I've called all of you in here today for a very important meeting that will be replacing our usual episode this week. So real quick, I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, and I'm joined in the office today by my friends, co-hosts, and players. We have Daniel. What's up? Janelle. Hello. Nate. Hi. Joel. It's me. <laughs> and even AJ's here. Hey, I, I found my dice finally. <laughs> How are you guys all doing today? I'm great. Thank you for asking. I am not a robot. <laughs> so those virtual meetings where somebody's like replaced himself with an AI that like puts in splices of video every now and then them sipping a drink or something or nodding so that way they don't have to actually respond to anything. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't you do it, Joe. <laughs> I am a robo-kill. <laughs> oh, I hate it. How are all of you doing today? <laughs> I, I don't like that. I love this. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, my, my day was going great until that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am so, so bothered. <laughs> That's going to haunt my dreams for sure. How, how are you today, AJ? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. The weather was a lot better today. Wasn't too hot. Did some yard work. You know, got outside. Didn't catch on fire. It's great. Got really pale skin right now. I don't get outside much. Yeah, grad school will do that to you. Yep. Just got my cave of an apartment. It's pretty, it's pretty great. Did you know you can get uh, lobster delivered? It's pretty great. Oh, you can? Yeah, like you can get delivered within 24 hours from Maine. Good That's old thing. cave, Jay. Ordering his lobster. <laughs> God, no. I hate that. <laughs> I saw on DoorDash the other day that you can order a New York strip from Dave and Buster's. Really? Uh, Daniel, we are not sponsored by DoorDash. We are sponsored by Dave and Buster's, though. <laughs> Go down to Dave and Buster's and have a good time with all kinds no, of games. Not. Stop no. it yourself, Joel. We're not sponsored by them. We're not sponsored oh, by we're Dave not? and Buster's. No, we're no. not. You're an Sorry, HR okay. nightmare. I haven't even gotten through the intro yet. <laughs> Well, anyway, we're already off topic, and this is not a good way to start tonight's meeting. So let's just dive into the action and start talking about the things I would like to talk about tonight. So at the top of the episode, I mentioned that we just finished the first chapter of this wonderful, beautiful adventure that we're running right now. And I thought it'd be nice to have like a little summary of everyone's thoughts and feelings, so that way, moving forward, I'll be able to continue making things fun for you guys. And you guys can continue making things fun for me because I will definitely tell you how bad you are at, at adventuring. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm yeah. not going to do that. This is, a pos this is a positive meeting. Constructive feedback. Yes. Well, anyway, so I guess to start this off, did you guys have a good time? With what? <laughs> yeah, what? I'm sorry. What are we talking about? I gotta be honest. I was on my phone the whole time. I, I haven't been paying attention. What? Yeah. Uh, what? Do, oh, are we recording? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. The podcast has been going great. You know, uh, I love all the characters and uh, the interactions. So good. Also, the locations. Are you kidding me? Amazing. <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> uh, uh, on a serious note, I've I've really been enjoying the campaign. It has been, uh, yeah, it, it's been really fun. It's also been fun kind of branching out from my typical characters and playing a character like Gunner, which is very atypical for most most of the characters I've played in the past. So been, it's been an experiment for me. I mean, the podcasting thing as a whole has been a fun experiment, but yeah. So it's been a learning curve, but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Daniel, I've been having a great time too. I have been super excited to learn all this stuff about podcasting. And then I've also had a, a really great time figuring out your guys' characters and, and the world that we're in now. Josh, I'm super stoked for, for this whole new thing. The first arc was phenomenal. I mean, the, the level of detail that we've gone into so far is almost as much as like some of our campaigns that we've had in our own home sessions. And it's it's been really refreshing and super exciting. I mean, I 
I, I don't like listen to my own voice all the time. I don't think a lot of people do, but I really like listening to the podcast every now and then because it just hearing the, the music and stuff get put in there. It's just, it's really cool. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that, AJ. It is definitely weird that I'm much more okay with listening to my own voice now. <laughs> right. Now that we're famous podcasters. Oh, so famous. Yeah, I think that the campaign's going great so far. I'm having a great time as always. Uh, listening to Daniel and AJ's stupid shenanigans they always get into uh, because, you know, listener, you may not realize this, but it's always Daniel and AJ. It's always them. That's true. Uh, but but they make it enjoyable, usually. So I'm having usually. a good time with that. Josh? Yeah, usually. Josh, as always, your, uh, your campaign writing is good. Great, maybe. <laughs> some might call it great. So, so most, people, most people would call it adequate. It gets the job done. Yeah, but I'll call it good for now, and I will uh, concede that others may call it great. Although they may not have played D&D before, so. the <laughs> <laughs> nicest thing you've ever said to me, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm having a great time, and I can't wait to continue. I think it's been... A lot of fun. It's definitely been interesting watching people branch out and the whole creative process has been very interesting to learn and work through. So I think a lot of a lot of fun with friends, a lot of creative juices, and just a lot of new skills. So I've I've enjoyed the whole process. I just like a legal ability to be able to play a psychopath. No one questioning me. <laughs> Nate's always dreamed of playing a psychopath. I know. Role-playing in real life doesn't work out that well. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> but uh, it's such a great experience to watch AJ and uh, Daniel get into trouble continuously. Joel comes and bails them out every single time. Quite a miracle. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Vez is hold always on. unconscious. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Theo and Jasper got into some shenanigans recently. They got sandwiches. You know, and they went and, and saved their friends. They also kidnapped a child. We did not kidnap. We voluntarily got him to join us. That's no, simply coerced. <laughs> coerced into volunteering. Listen. To abandon I don't think his it's life. Kidnapping when you ask someone. Oh, goodness. But uh, just so you know, AJ, notice how when you're with me, you didn't get into trouble. What a shocker. What we we almost you know give it a little bit. Jasper and, and Theo need to like you know get this get the groove so that way you know they can get into more shenanigans. Don't worry, it's a working process. Don't fret. Yeah, I mean, I thought the personally, I thought the entire adventure was really really fun for me as well, just because you guys came out of the door with these kick-ass characters, and they've just been so much fun to interact with and write for like just the goofiness that goes along with your characters backstories um, even though a lot of it is very serious and like you know this isn't like a goofy off the walls magical adventure this is more grounded in reality but I really like that your characters are just so much fun to be around you guys do a really good job with that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where we take this a year from now. You know, if this adventure goes on as long as I'm thinking it will, two years from now, it'll be really, really neat seeing how they turn out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited for that. I think it's going to be a great ride. And thank you, Josh. Yeah, thanks, Josh. So, yeah, I wanted to open the floor to you guys just to ask any clarifying questions if you had any questions about like things that didn't get explained in the adventure or if things got dropped or were never resolved this is your time to ask them or you know talk amongst yourselves and maybe muse what you think the adventure is gonna do in the future and i'm not just saying that so i can shamelessly steal it more <laughs> just to <laughs> kind of get an idea of where you guys think things are going Approximately what episode do you think Gunner's going to reach Super Saiyan 3? That's what everybody's asking. I think he's already reached Super Saiyan 3 in his heart. Aww. Aww. <laughs> he's going to die, isn't he? 
Yep. Josh, that wedding ring that Jasper returned. What's what's about that? She seemed very upset by that and just straight up assumed he was cheating, which is kind of like a big stretch, but... Well, no, because that was part of a whole story arc with Farmer Rolf where, like, his infidelity, because he, he wasn't really all that good of a person, his infidelity was going to play an important role in determining how you guys were going to figure out who was behind the assault, because, like, everything was supposed to tie back to the tavern again and again and again. But you guys killed him the moment you met him, so that entire storyline <laughs> just got dropped. <laughs> but hey, that's how adventures go sometimes. That's how it be. Yeah, okay. So I was like, wow, she was like, oh, he's cheating on me. And it's like, well, no, he's dead. We took care of that problem, but yeah. Oh so. my God. Well, Josh, I, I have something for you, actually. Oh yeah? Is it another and, dumb one like well, Daniel's, or is this one a? No, no, no. It's it's not a dumb one like Daniel's. I can't. I'm not even capable of coming up with dumb stuff like Daniel is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to know because it seems like the party forgot, and if this is going to apply to the story later, don't feel free not to answer. But whenever we first brought that original body back, the serving girl to our hotel. The captain of the guard, who we now know as Artur, came, but also the Undertaker was there. And we also found the storm clouds in, in the morgue where the Undertaker works. So I was wondering, what's the deal with that guy? Was he converted by Smills or was he just a bad guy? He was directly involved. So we failed. Yeah, I mean, you got you guys never actually directly talk to him like at all i suggested it uh but well you suggested it but nobody did it so now <laughs> that the adventure is over in that like one month period where you guys were waiting around he kind of disappeared oh like, you know, he'll probably never be mentioned again in the main show but like he is he is gone he moved away so he's he's out of the story and outside of your reach now maybe he'll come back maybe he won't <sighs> It's just like Animal Crossing. It's going to show up in one of our friends' podcasts for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joel's instincts were correct. You guys should have definitely directly spoken to him. Oh, well. Which that also reminds me that you guys did leave all those storm clouds just lying wherever you killed them. That's Lady Hecate's problem. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Make her do some work for once. We we finished our part of the deal. <laughs> Any other questions? All right, well, actually, guys, I do have a question I want to aim at you guys. So we've been through a lot so far in this adventure, and you guys did a pretty good job, like, puzzling through things and finding the solution. But when it comes to Mr. Smills, I try to design him to be a very obvious bad guy so that, like, you would have to kind of do the entire adventure like knowing that he was behind everything or like just thinking like, yeah, this guy's suspicious. Like, I think he's the one. And he's been around since episode two. So at what point in this adventure before he like offered to pay you guys to leave, was there any point where you guys like internally thought like, yeah, this is definitely our guy. There's no way it could be anybody else. I'll say... Honestly, after our first interaction with him, it wasn't the interaction itself, but it was the way you described him, where you said he has a big toothy grin and his uh, smile doesn't reach his eyes. Ever since then, I was like, this has got to be the dude. I mean, it was a hunch. It was a wild hunch, but for, it was that moment where I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the dude. Or this is a very convincing red herring is what my thoughts were. It had to be one of those two. But yeah, even since the beginning, I was like, I don't know about this guy. The smells. Smells funny. Eh. Yep, and then we killed him. So. <laughs> then, he, then he undied. And then he undied. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I think when you first brought him in was definitely suspicious. I think that all suspicion of him not being the big bad was gone in the episode where he was trying to get Fergus killed. 
the first time Fergus almost died, I think that was it 100% solidified that for me that he was trouble. Hey, you're talking about when he accused Fergus of being behind everything, right? In the tavern? Yeah. Uh, basementless accusations. That was the, well, that was the name of that episode. Yeah, I was like, well, here he is. He's trying to put a child so that he can get out of it, and I eh, don't like him. Wish he was still dead. Don't know that he's not dead in character, but wish he was. I don't know. Did AJ t- did Theo tell us or no? We'll probably explore that next episode. Okay. Well, for a different take on it from Janelle and Daniel. I honestly didn't suspect Mr. Smells at all until we found his name on the surgical tools in the morgue. And my reasoning for that is, uh, I'll try not to bring too much of our past campaigns into this, but you had a character in one of our other campaigns that was somewhat similar to Mr. Smells, but he was just a good guy. It seemed suspicious. His name was Sinaster Evil Man, yeah. <laughs> and he was a beloved member of the community. So, I just thought, you know, this guy seems, he seems evil, but I think he's probably a good guy. <laughs> so yeah, a bit of a follow-up question on that. Were any of you guys actually surprised by how things went down? Like, finding out he was a creepy monster instead of a person, or was that kind of like something you expected based off of uh, past adventures or just tropes in general? I'm still waiting for when Lady Hecate will finally get what she deserves. A nice eternal sleep. So Snows and I can go have a great time together. Oh, oh man. I love how that was not related to my question (laughs) at all, because Nate really just wanted to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. I was completely surprised. I'm very gullible when it comes to any story or movie or, or anything like that. I'm just, I, I drink the Kool-Aid right off the bat and I just hated the character. I just thought he was a, a terrible person and like was basically one of those ambulance chasers, but then he was really just trying to make a buck. Cause to me, trying to be a lawyer in a small town sounds like it ought to be hard and it seems like he i thought he was just going to be this dude who's just down on his luck and just need to make a buck to you know feed his donut obsession and i was completely surprised again i wasn't 100 <laughs> percent that he was evil until like joel said where he had his name on the things like that's that's weird maybe he's just a traitor maybe and 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 then we went and talked to the the, the father who owned the shop and i was like oh my god this he's the evil guy what, what have we done? We left Laszlo with him, and I just, oh my gosh. I was taken totally by surprise. So you got me, Josh. You got me entirely. <laughs> well, that's good to know. I think for me, it's halfway on on AJ's. Like, I, I, again, I was very suspicious of Smells from the very beginning. I, I was surprised at his directness whenever he wanted us to leave town. So basically, it wasn't until, like very very close to the smells fight that it occurred to me oh this guy's probably like augmented in some sort of crazy way uh, up until that point i just thought like maybe he's just like a really good fighter or he's just super confident and he knows that we're not gonna like we're too good to just like kill a guy in his office or whatever <laughs> so i kind of just figured he was just a really cocky lawyer and he just knew what he was doing i did not expect him to be this half like shadow beast creature or whatever you want to call it but yeah it was, it was pretty cool though it was pretty cool and on that front you definitely got me as well well that's good to know i'm starting to starting to get a little full of myself now after all these compliments <laughs> um, so i'm gonna keep riding that train and just kind of in general while we're talking about npcs which npc was your guys's favorite like whether you thought they drove the story forward the most or if you just liked them because they were goofy. Do you guys have any feelings on that? I like, I think, just because of Vez being my character, I really like Morag and her whole bit at the end where she was, I'm going to like go do this on my own if nobody else is going to do this. And she's like, oh, Vez. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And how Vez attempted basically to become sort of part of her family at the end. <laughs> she just inserts herself. Yep. Hi, I'm the oldest child now. No, I also really liked, well, 
I don't like is probably not the right love to hate I think is probably the better way to put it Lady Hecate she's one of those characters where she's super gray when I'm in character I find her absolutely annoying and very obnoxious to the point where Vez had to learn to just not be present or not talk because that was the only way that they there anything was going to be productive with the two of them in the same room I love how gray and real she felt. Like, she wasn't like some super goody two-shoes, you know, unbelievable. Like, no, she seems like somebody who was politically in power at around that time. She was trying to protect herself and her power. And her sob story that she told Fio was not really a sob story. And I don't know. It's bad that she lost her husband, but I don't know. She, I love to hate her is kind of my feelings for her. <laughs> Yeah, just because she has a tragic backstory doesn't mean she's actually right about things either. Yeah. Well, I got to say, I absolutely loved Farmer Trevor. Oh, Oh, yeah? Yeah. Gross. Just because of all of the trouble he caused us. (laughs) You know? Yeah, you you guys save one man and he whips the farm up into a frenzy. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know? I think he was doing it for a good reason. I think that Farmer Trevor is a good guy at heart, sort of. And <laughs> <laughs> and, and I he's think, questionable at best. Well, but yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, he was locked in the basement for a month yeah, by he, a changeling. This is the first changeling he's ever seen after hearing all these myths and legends about them. So... Again, tragic backstory doesn't mean he's a good person. Exactly. (laughs) But I thought that he helped move the story forward, too. You know, the the whole riot and everything. So Farmer Trevor was a good good character. I want to say, I'd love to say Toby the Magic Truck Driver (laughs) is my favorite character, but that's... He is of my own making, so I'm very biased. But who I think my favorite NPC is, is along a similar vein. I I don't know. He was only in one episode, but I really gravitated towards him. And that's four eels and an octopus. <laughs> I don't know. Just so, just something about him, something about the way he is. Just, just like, I want to protect this thing. Yeah, he's four eels and an octopus in a robe. Yeah, it's kind of like whenever you meet a puppy, it's just like you don't know the puppy, you don't know anything about the puppy, but like the puppy has to be okay for me to be okay. I feel that way about four eels and an octopus. I'm very protective of four eels and an octopus. (laughs) I love four eels and an octopus. He's a very interesting anatomy, and I'll leave it at that. I'll go next. I guess I didn't super favor any one NPC in particular. I really liked Steven and, and, and Richard duo. They were they were super fun and I loved having them as like our guys on the inside. And I I really liked I, I didn't like him at first. I didn't like Fergus at first actually uh, is what I mean to say. And I, I, He's actually grown a lot on me and I see that he really is just this, this star-eyed kid who just you know wants to do whatever his life goal is and, and things and I'm hesitant to say that I want him to join the party because I also know that he is more likely to die with us because he's 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 not that aware of himself and other things but at the same time I think it'd be so much fun to have him with us so <laughs> I, I don't know what to expect next and so, so really those those are my favorites in general but I, I liked them all I, I really liked all the, the NPCs like Janelle said, love to hate uh, some of them, specifically Smills. He is my favorite character that I've hated so much this entire time. I I was very happy when he died, <laughs> but I also was very sad. And now I regret being sad because he found me again, and I want to kill him even more now. So Josh, <laughs> you've, you've ignited this primal <laughs> hatred within me for this one person I never knew I could have. So good on you. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You know, it's funny also that you mentioned Richard and Steve at the beginning. Um, they were not actually supposed to be all that involved. <laughs> if you guys remember back to episode two, I actually didn't even have a name for Steven yet. 
Because they, they were just supposed to be like the funny guards at the gate. And then for some reason, you guys just love them so much that I was like, well, they need to be more involved now. Because originally it was supposed to be another guard, like a different guard approaches you guys with the information to like meet up and move the story along. But you guys just like them so much. I was like, you know what? How about how about how about this be Steven? Steven will be the guy. <laughs> and that's that's how everything fell together. Your guys' likes drive my decisions just as much as what things I like. It's like a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. My favorite one is Laszlo. Takes care of all the work that we just don't want to do in the background. It gives us all the information we need to know how to get the stuff done. What a hero. <laughs> yeah, pays pays all your bills for you. Must be nice. Actually, Josh, I did have a question kind of along the same thought of things changing. Oh, yeah? I was wondering, what is, like, one choice on, I guess, our part or your part, or, like, one decision that drastically changed the course of the arc? Like, what? Like what's the one thing that we did that you're like, well, I got to rewrite the whole thing. <laughs> Honestly, I'd say pretty much anything with Gunner involved. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, everything from the arm wrestling. Like, none of these really made me rewrite the adventure, but they really threw me for a loop, and I had to change things up. Like, when you guys did that arm wrestling bit in Farmer Trevor's home to throw off the guards... I was like, how are they not going to get arrested for this? This is, <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> and then the whole, we are well inspectors <laughs> bit was just ridiculous. <laughs> and then finally, when Gunner snuck off to Lady Hecate's room to try to like dig, dig up some dirt, I was like, wow, I have to build this map of this room <laughs> right now because I wasn't expecting anybody to do that. So I think it's more complimentary to you, Daniel, because you're always doing like dumb things that keep me on my feet. Well, thanks. I, I go out of my way to get myself in trouble most of the time. So we've noticed. <laughs> I mean, I've played D&D with you guys long enough to somewhat prepare for anything. Also, what is Mr. Smill's obsession with donuts? I, I got to know. <laughs> uh, sugar. Makes sense. He need like the extra carbs to like keep everything going since he's like Mr. Monster Man or Yes, that's actually 100% correct. Oh, really? Honestly, my my inspiration for him was Edgar from Men in Black, the hmm. the big bug. Oh, right. Just like right. sugar. I want sugar water. And <laughs> I was like, "You know what? Mr. Smills would probably need a lot of energy to like run that healing factor." And basically run his his meat puppet. So I was like, you know what? I'll just I'll just do this. He's gonna have donuts all the time. <laughs> That's amazing. Also, I mean, you know, sugar, like in the Renaissance and even times before that, still it's still fantastic. They didn't have nearly as many like sugary drinks or treats as we do today. So I mean, he had sugary donuts. That's that's a delicacy right there. Oh yeah, and he's a, he's a rich man. I want some donuts now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Joel, question for you. Oh, yeah? Me? Yeah. I'll answer question. Question for Joel? Question for Joel. Well, since Joel and Vez are best friends, apparently, because Joel has no choice and Vez just takes Aegon everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. So when we end up causing problems, and then we as in everyone but Aegon end up causing problems like fights and or verbal tussles, what is his goal going into that? Like when you think of Aegon trying to clean up our messes, mm. how does he feel about that? Or what what gets him to the point where he's like, well, I guess I've got to actually use violence now. Well, Aegon, in terms of using violence, will only use violence to stop worse violence, I guess you could say. So if he knows somebody is going to attempt to kill a friend of his or a party member that he believes is working towards more morally acceptable goals, he will step in to defend. He prefers not to kill, but obviously in some cases 
It's kind of unavoidable, especially mm -hmm. in D&D. &D. When they blow up, when you try to incapacitate <laughs> them and then they blow yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has to, he has to I, give yeah, people a yeah. lesson in neighborly love. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but that's just how it has to be sometimes. But otherwise... Aegon, you know, whenever whenever people just get into tussles or something, Aegon's totally fine to sit it out and let let everyone learn from their own mistakes, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Gunner trying to, yeah, instigate that. Yeah. Nope, Aegon's just gonna be over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, if things got taken too far, he would step in, but fortunately, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yay, Gunner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I've, I've got a question for Nate, and I know the answer, because uh, Nate and I talk about his character a lot behind the scenes. Probably the question on everyone's mind is, what's up with Jasper? <laughs> no, that's a little bit more specific to many things, or uh, let's just say, uh, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> what's his motivation? I mean, he's such like a quiet character, and he's relatively normal. But then the scene where you sat down and interrogated Artur, like everyone just, it was so menacing, even though nothing came out of it. Like we were just all on the edge of our seats. We didn't know what you were going to do. Jasper's just a simple guy. He just wants, you know, to reclaim the love that he lost and that's about it. And he used to just go around with another group from time to time. And uh, he was head of the interrogation department and stuff like that, you know? After all, hence why he's so good at basically uh, getting information from people and sneaking around if he so desires. Yeah, now that you're learning more spells too, you should be able to help with your mind-breaking abilities. Exactly. Just gotta get to the highest level, then I don't need charisma anymore. <laughs> I just need you to make a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> Ominous. I had one for Janelle, actually. Mm-hmm. So we've seen that like Vez has sort of a temper uh, uh, here and there. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes he can get the better of her, like in social situations. And uh, sometimes in battle as well. What do, what do you think is the biggest factor in, in, in her anger? Is there like a specific kind of thing, like a pet peeve or like just something that she just can't absolutely stand at all when it comes to like when she's talking with somebody or if she's like in a fight kind of a thing? I think a lot of it stems from, well, one, her background of being someone who, oh, and a, a race that is, like, literally anyone who hears about them, they're just like, mm, we need to kill, we need to kill the changeling. So she gets very defensive when people just like, I guess it's straight up racism in the game, because I know with like Makes Aegon, sense. people make very rude comments a lot, and she gets very angry very quick about that. And then also, like, the... Whether or not she'll admit it out loud is a totally different story. But this group is now her is basically her family. So when people start getting insulty towards her family, aka like why she fights with Lady Hecate basically all the time because all she does <laughs> is insult our group, she right. gets very defensive because she's like, I can pick on these people because they're my family, but you're not you can't, no. You don't have those privileges. So it's kind of like that. Like when you see like older siblings, they're like, I can pick on my younger sibling. But you're not allowed to do that. That's oh, kind of I like totally that. Like, this is my yeah. family, so we can we can like verbally beat the shit out of each other. But like you can't because you're not part of this. So <laughs> I think those are the two biggest things, and that comes up literally all the time. So she's just very yeah has a very bad temper that she's gonna have to learn how to control, or not, and it's gonna cause more problems. <laughs> she might become <laughs> uh, she might have to like split levels and become barbarian at some point. Something yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, she's only a few years older than, like, Fergus is. So that impulse control, some people, when they're younger, they do have much better impulse control. She is not one of those people. So, working on that. That's <laughs> part of who she is as a character. <laughs> it's all about growth. It's all about growth. It is, yes. <laughs> so, AJ, tell me. How does it feel to have Theo finally coming to terms with a lot more of the darker side of humanity than it seems like he has in his backstory. Ooh. Seems like he's very troubled, especially like, well, I won't say your thunder, but yeah, there was definitely one scene 
in the show where you were it definitely it was very apparent that Fio had not Oh on the second on the second floor with the with the bodies? That's not the one I meant, but that's another that's another good moment. Yeah. Are you oh. talking about when uh, he killed the first storm cloud and just raged? Or are we all thinking are we all thinking <laughs> about different situations where Theo just turned into a monster? Uh. I mean I was thinking of the windmill people. Yeah, that, that, that that's what I was thinking of. Was that the was the second one I was thinking of, yeah. Well, to answer your question, I think hmm. He definitely has a lot more innocent of a background than some of the other characters, I think. He isn't one who has like never seen strife or, or troubles or something dire like this before. If you recall, a lot of people who are, are firefighters, they tend to do not more than just fight fires. They help with rescue, they help with evacuations and, and everything that in between. So being up on the mountainside, which is where Longavathra is, a lot of mountainous areas and stuff like that. Sort of backstory lore for everybody. Yay. Uh, there's lots of things that could happen, you know, anywhere from avalanches to, you know, fires, etc. And he's seen some things, but I think what's mostly getting to him is not the fact that there's these things that are happening. I'm, it's a big factor, don't get me wrong. It's a huge factor because it's, he's experiencing it a lot more often and, and more concentrated. But the biggest factor, I think, is more that he can't do everything he wants to. There's stuff out of his control. If you remember my, my descriptions of him before, he's, he's a really strong dude, very tall, and can do a lot. He can lift a lot, he can run pretty well, he can, he can smash through buildings, etc. Almost like he's a, a superhuman, like a, or like a, a superhero, in a way. And this is some of the first times he's had to go into something that he just he can't protect everyone and that's i think the biggest thing for him and he just feels like a big failure most of the time going into these situations because it's it feels like a lose-lose even though there's progress and that they finish this arc and they quote unquote caught the bad guy etc he just he doesn't feel like it was a win he feels like he just survived and it just it's hitting him hard and it's it's we'll find a lot more about his other past and stuff going on in the future but that's probably the biggest factor is that he's failing in things that he thinks he should succeed he's trying to save everyone and sometimes it's not just not the case yeah he can't do it all and i get it good question thank you that was, that was good that was a good question well you know so dan question that's me yeah so <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Dan? I only know a Daniel. Yeah, me too. It's yeah. Dan the man. Depending on how you met him, if you met him through himself, like you guys did in college, then he is Daniel. But if you were any of my friends in college who met him through me, he inexplicably became Dan somehow, <laughs> even though that wasn't a thing literally before college. So. And uh, if you met me through my other line of work, my name was Papa Spicy, but we won't get into that. <laughs> What is this? <laughs> that's that's, that's a joke. <laughs> Anyways, we've been seeing a little bit more and more of this as we've been going through our episodes, but we see Gunner pulling out his fox mask. So how is he like reconciling some of these new experiences with his past adventures since he's like getting back into the swing of things? Yeah, so I think for Gunner, it's a lot of his progress isn't like, it's not newfound power or abilities for a lot of people, like how it is for a lot of characters, especially in D&D. But I, yeah, for him, it's it's all about recalibrating. In my mind, this isn't canon, but kind of the thought that I use for Gunner is when I think of how Gunner used to be before the adventure started, I, I kind of imagine a similar type character that was maybe like, like maybe the same type of character that was like level, maybe between levels like three and five, a, definitely a different personality. And then taking that character and digressing them back to level one and having to live with that. And so I think now with Gunner just starting to kind of like, regain his footing i think the new experiences i think the new experiences for gunner are 
it's interesting working with a different group in a bigger team the the hard thing for gunner because before he just he, everything he did he just kind of went for it and and he felt like he was good at it and he could do it now it's all about just trying not to second guess himself so i i feel like as as gunner grows uh, hopefully you, you you really get to see him like not second guess himself as much hopefully you get to see him uh you know make that change into this new warrior like this new character you know it's not easy to it's not easy to change yourself so quickly so um uh, yeah, I mean, he'll still be a goofball, though. That, that's the forever truth of Gunner, is that he's always going to do something dumb. But fortunately, he has a good support team to help him out if he does anything too dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, try to uh, <coughs> steal important documents from uh, the local Marchioness. Yeah. Just as a hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> well, actually, Daniel, I want to piggyback off of something that you said just a little bit ago about Gunner's character development, and he's gonna you're going to see him grow into a like a newer character. Like he's going to change as he learns new things and as he goes through this adventure. And that's something Mm -hmm. I kind of see with all of you guys. Like all of you guys have these dynamic characters that are changing over the course of the adventure as they experience new things. So just kind of a general question to all of you. Are there any character changes that you've seen in other people's characters that have just really surprised or impressed you? Hmm. I would have to say how AJ became a very responsible person as the time <laughs> continued, taking ownership of the fact that, you know, Barbara Rolf had to die. Oh my God. And the fact that, uh, this is not what happened. Been doing a good <laughs> and the fact that he is now coming along with our shenanigans. This, no. He's grown up a lot. That's not. Yeah. No, do not jump on this wagon. But he knows. Theo killed Farmer Rolf. Yeah. And, and he didn't care about it at all. He's, oh he's, changed, he's changed drastically. Yeah. Seeing Theo evolve into a blind murder machine, <laughs> I think it's inspiring, really. No. Yeah. That's not me. what I, I wanted. I had so. to, like, ask him. I, after the <laughs> session, I had to ask him, so how can I make Jasper more like Theo after that episode? And you, and you want to know what happened? AJ got up and he hit Nate right across the face. <laughs> he lives in <laughs> California. He, just one shocker after another. We're nowhere That's near each other. That's what was so shocking about it, yeah. is you reached the whole way there and you smacked him. Oh, God. He knocked on my door and I came out to hug him and before my arms could go around him, I was just slapped right then and there. Does not know. Oh. <laughs> Okay, on a serious note, I actually do have one for Joel, or Aegon, rather. Yeah, I I think one of the interesting... I want to call it a moment of growth, but, like, you know, not all growth and development is necessarily, like, morally good. Mm. So I thought it was really interesting when Aegon was talking to Laszlo, and in order to forward what I'm assuming Aegon saw as a better outcome he straight up lied Mm. well I shouldn't say straight up lied he lied with an ounce of truth which is always the most effective kind of lie and I that moment really stuck out to me I was like okay yeah well I I would say I don't know if that's necessarily character growth I think that might have just been the first time you saw that because actually that is how Aegon was originally written by me He's, not, he's willing to bend the truth in order to accomplish what he believes to be more... In order to further his goals, I suppose. Hmm. Dangerous line for him to tow. It is, but he's, he's... Aegon is confident in his philosophy, you know? So whether that ends up biting him later, we'll see. I like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely interesting. Yeah, and and Vez had some good growth. She literally gained two more arms. I did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Astral, astral arms. But you know what? That's two more arms than she had before. Mm -hmm. So all of the fan art now needs to have Vez with four arms at all times. Yeah, that's character growth at its best. Two arms at the beginning, four arms now. As far (laughs) as I'm concerned, Vez looks like Goro. (laughs) 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 Ew. definitely the imagery i was going for for sure (laughs) so yeah we've uh, we've been having a lot of fun with this adventure been seeing a lot of character growth but something that 
I've mentioned before, and something I would like to ask you guys about is things get really goofy on this show because we try our best to improv and have a good time with it. So do you guys have a favorite goof so far in the show? Something that just made you laugh either during the show or something we were joking about afterwards. I think my favorite, it's, it's a kind of a recent development, but I, I really got a kick out of it when it happened was when in the scene where Gunner is like running down the hall and like charging Lady Hecate and these two guards and Lady Hecate stops him in his tracks. Aegon walks out clapping his hands like, oh yeah, 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 that's right. You passed our test. (laughs) Yep, it was all a joke. It's all fine. You can let him go. There's a camera there. There's a camera there. (laughs) You know, just joking about the cameras, but that moment was beautiful. And I think what I like about it so much is not only was it silly, but it's in such a good parallel with how Lady Hecate tested us in the beginning Mm -hmm. and just so it was like a joke and a callback wrapped in the one little package and that's why I thought it was the most beautiful goof a perfect goof a rare specimen (laughs) well I gotta say my my favorite goof I suppose or or perhaps it's an archetype of goofs have been our uh, inspector shenanigans you know <laughs> starting with, yeah. starting with gunner being a, a bar inspector and transitioning to well inspectors and everything else <laughs> i think it's a a very very useful goof too that's fair that's fair yep let me grab my robot <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be mine that Crack me up that one and the time AJ almost introduced himself as Gunner. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. <laughs> Both of those were very in character for your characters, but also just made me chuckle. And both also honest mistakes on the uh, on, on yeah, AJ were, yeah. and my part. <laughs> oh my god. Probably my favorite, like purposeful goof was very small and very out of the way but it was when Vez was trying to interrogate Artur in her Smills form and Janelle's starting to get all flustered because everyone's talking and then Theo just comes in and he's like it's okay Vez and just <laughs> breaks her cover and Janelle just fuck uh. <laughs> it was such a Theo move it made me chuckle so much <laughs> <laughs> to to justify why I did that was that Theo is uh, this is definitely out of his realm of, of things of doing he, he wasn't realizing he needed to keep as much information back as possible because he didn't think they were going to interrogate them he thought he was he would, we just the captions we did the job job was over we can move on that was his whole thought process <laughs> yeah you've done that several times where we've almost <laughs> given her away yeah oh god <laughs> Theo's not good with secrets. He's just, he's not good with secrets at all. Yeah, I i realize that. <laughs> Along the lines of Theo being ridiculous, as well as Gunner being ridiculous, I think a cup, probably one of my favorite ones uh, that the party did, uh, it's, it's kind of a toss up between a couple, but I think the one I'm going to pick is when we're out like in the courtyard waiting for R- Richard and Aegon to get done with their whole thing, that uh, Gunner and Theo just started wrestling and Vez was just like whatever at some point she's just giving up and letting it happen I think that was the same the same episode I just I was just really great that Gunner and Fear were just going at it just out in the open it's like night nighttime and there's just no reason to be so rambunctious just disregard for everybody else around the entire area I thought that was a lot of fun yeah, that that reminds me a lot of the uh, of the scene where uh, Theo and Gunner fight over an imaginary box in the middle of the street in like broad daylight. <laughs> because, of course, of course, those moments are probably some of my favorite. Was that outside the uh, the one girl that was sick and Aegon was inside and, and we we're just trying to do our thing outside yes. while it was raining underneath the awning? Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. 
Daniel was like, you got to think outside of the box. And you're like, I don't see a box. What are you talking about? Seeing a That's theme really here. Cool. So when Aegon goes away. Uh... <laughs> it's the Theo and Gunner show. I'd subscribe. Yeah, it's called Funner. <laughs> yes. Funner with Gunner. And Theo. Theo's there. <laughs> and Theo. <laughs> it's like written really tiny in the margins. It's like scribbled and misspelled. <laughs> Gotta say, I did like it. It's what Joel said originally with all the stuff that Theo, uh, Gunner did. Especially the part where he says, now if you don't mind, I need to go grab my robot. <laughs> <laughs> grab my robot. That should be a t-shirt, honestly. Gra- grab my robot. I do have to say with the mouse like a potato. It's also a very good one, too. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, my gosh. That's that whole episode ending was just fantastic. Oh, that episode. <laughs> Joel was just so aggressive with it. <laughs> Perhaps the mouse would like a potato. <laughs> also should be a t-shirt. <laughs> Do you want to know what else should be a t-shirt? You, the listener. You should be a t-shirt. A t-shirt that I will wear every single day because I appreciate you. I think I speak for everyone here at Applied Engineering <laughs> when we would we all say we would completely redo our wardrobe oh my God. to appease you yeah. because we have issues. <laughs> and we verbalize those issues on this show and we broadcast it for your enjoyment. Yep, that's it. Well, speaking of our listeners, I'd like to thank all of you for indulging our little discussion here. We thought it'd be nice to just take some time and reflect on our adventures so far and turn our eyes towards the future because that's how you apply dungeoneering i did the thing yeah i did don't forget to head on down to dave and busters for a two-for-one combo <laughs> oh my no, god stop <laughs> make sure to order you a steak we're <laughs> oh not sponsored by them We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it and our other episodes with your friends, family, and co-workers. Your boss, if you're daring. Visit our website to find your copy of a D&D Quick Starter Guide, and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description. There, we discuss episodes, Dungeons & Dragons, and STEM topics that we all love. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to see you here at Applied Dungeoneering. The song Waterkeep is from Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0. creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash nd slash 4.0.